Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. Just got off an awesome conversation with Ledge, otherwise known as David Ledgerwood. And uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, make sure you check it out. Uh, we dive into family. We dive into uh, his uh, multiple time uh, recession uh, experiences <laughs> through business and whatnot. And, uh, and, and we, we kind of dive into some, a lot of mindset stuff too. So if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. But this is the High Impact Series. This is where I'm going to ask the one question. Uh, from this, we want to have a takeaway for you to be able to take your headphones off, take your earbuds out and go have a money talk with your kids. The reason you're listening to this podcast is because it's called the money talker. So be one. This is going to do two things. It's one, it's going to change the financial trajectory of your kid's life. And two, it's going to build the relationship so that later down the road, when your kids get bigger and bigger money challenges that they know and opportunities as well that they know they can come to you and have an open door conversation because you've been a money talker inside of your house. And so with that said, Ledge, are you ready? I am ready. All right, man. Well, here's the big question, right? What is the one thing that you would teach about that our schools don't that's had a major impact on your life? I remember when I jumped into my entrepreneurial path and I thought about how we would finance a business, which is not unlike how you would finance a car or a house or something. My, my dad, who comes from a, a banking background he told me cash is king and I, I don't think I understood that at that time like I do now and uh, I don't mean that from a, the spend perspective I mean that from the save and protect yourself and self-insurance kind of perspective and what I've learned from my kids is that they we have a almost a cashless society now where like we pay for everything by handing over a little piece of plastic and unless you're really careful about talking about that, they kind of think that that's money. And that when you pay a bill, you just hand over a little card and, and free stuff happens. And what I, what I learned behind that when, when my own education at home with the kids is talk about like how cash moves through, from my bank to that little card and say, we, we have to pay for this. And guess what happens if we don't pay? We have to pay more. We have to pay 29% into like, you want to see how much those pancakes cost if we don't pay the bill. Right. <laughs> and so teaching about, you know, sort of the idea that we ought to have savings and um, maybe what your, you know, Dave Ramsey types might call it like the emergency fund, right? Like stuff happens, like the fridge conks out and what do I do, you know, and, and how do I, if, if I have that money, you know, sort of in the bank because I put it there first, then I could protect myself against bad things happening. So you don't get that unless you think about like cash that matters, you know, sort of savings protection um, and able to talk about then risk and the things that, you know, happen when, when bad stuff happens, how do we pay for it and be open about those cash numbers that come behind daily activity? You know, um, I've done this exercise before with kids and, uh, and in the credit realm too, because like borrowing from future earnings is, is, you know, basically credit. And um, I just thought about this, like, I'm sure there's a number that the average person makes over their lifetime. So there's also probably a number the average person spends over their lifetime. But if you added, you know, 200% to everything you buy because you're buying it on future credit you're making minimum payments and all that stuff like you wonder at the end of the life like i wonder how much that number is differently you know what i mean like if the average person makes five million dollars over their life and spends five million dollars like 
but I get, I get three times as much because I paid cash for it than you get because you borrowed somebody else's cash and paid interest and minimum payments for it all the time. You're stressed. I'm not like I get opportunities. You don't like, it's, it's not, it's not fair for you. It's fair for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I see like all those kind of dynamics in there thinking about what that cash is king comes from because that cash is king used to come from buying things. So you would get a better deal if you paid cash. And now nobody cares because they just want the, because the credit card fees are so small, but actually most places want you to finance because you'll buy a whole lot more than you would if you paid cash for it. Because it's easier to justify sticking the little card in the machine. Yeah. And I'm the same boat. If I'm putting something on a, you know, if I'm fine, I bought a golf cart recently and the guy was like adding, I'm like, I want that. I want that. I want that. And at the end of the day, my bill went up like a thousand. I was like, ugh. But I, but it was like, <laughs> but I, and you know, like I probably wouldn't have, if I'd been holding hundred dollar bills, right. There's no it comes way. into that context too of like, I, I don't know, like I'm a minimalist ish, you know, I really don't buy things for like, I don't have a lot of toys. And so, you know, I, I, maybe I will, you know, if I become flush with money, you know, that enough that I, I don't know that I give myself those luxuries later in life, but I've found that like, I try to train them You know, I just, we don't need a lot. Like, why do we need that? Like, it's just, I have everything I could possibly care about. I get a hug from my kids. I finally have a car that is the car I always wanted. That isn't a luxury car. I wanted a Jeep. I finally got a Jeep, you know, after 40 years of life. Um, but I, maybe needs and wants are, you know, just the most important thing. It's just why, what are we going to do with that? If we, <laughs> if we buy it, it's just going to sit there and get dusty and, uh, we certainly don't want to buy things on credit. I will say, but if I had bought, if I had asked you that 25 years ago, would your answer be the same? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think when you were thinking about what you wanted, was it, you know, cause I know for oh, me, it well, wasn't, I, I know I, when I graduated college, I was going to grow up and be a millionaire and buy 30 and the, and the whole thing. And, um, you know, travel jet set as a important consultant around the world. And, you know, it, it didn't play out that way. And I'm glad. Uh, because I tried, you know, yeah. those things and it, it wasn't fun. <laughs> Hon but honestly, like, I don't, I, I don't know. I've, I've had some successes in my life and I don't, I, I enjoy taking my kids to the park or playing catch with my son a thousand times better than you could fly me to some, you know, you'd fly me to Paris and give me dinner. Like I would rather have the simple things now. Yeah. It's just, no, it's just more than the simple things. Like I, I think I appreciate them a lot more because I'm not chasing those other things. Like those aren't on my hierarchy anymore. I don't know yeah. if that comes from being a parent, you know, or just yeah. my, I think it changed. I think my appreciation level has changed significantly kind of from what the ups and downs we talked about from before. I think it's just like what matters too. you know, it's like nobody, like they say, nobody on their deathbed goes, oh, I really wish I worked more. <laughs> uh, and I just pay attention. Like, why am I working so hard for this thing? I don't even want. That's, so that's I, what I, I'm trying to think. That's yeah. what I was kind of thinking is that like, that's why I asked you about like 25 years ago, because the things that I want to work for, I have different reasoning. Like I think about legacy now than I, I never thought about that before. It was like, what can I get? And now it's like, what can I leave? Or what kind of, what impression can I do on the world and, and, and leave with my kids and those kinds of things, you know? We get very wrapped up in, in the day to day and you kind of go like, what if that didn't happen? If I didn't work so hard for that, like what's the worst thing that would happen? And, and a lot of times it, it kind of isn't, that much like then what do i need like well you know the happiest i ever feel is when i pack my camping junk in the car and i disappear into the woods for uh, a couple of days you know with kids without kids whatever it is and i kind of go like 
all right, so I can live out of my car, out of two bins full of like rusty crap <laughs> and bring my guitar in the woods and, and be real happy about it. Then what is all this infrastructure that I have and that I, that I pay for because it doesn't bring me joy and it, it costs a lot of money and, and a lot of it's debt. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, but I also can say as an entrepreneur, you know, like we would do wrong to not think about leverage and, and good investment of, you know, return on investment, passive yeah. ways and things like that. So, you know, I, I do not get on the train of like all debt is bad yeah. because if I can, if I can intelligently borrow money to buy properties that pay me, you know, rents or, or other things that, that vastly exceed the cost of doing that leverage cuts both ways, but smart leverage is, is also the way that wealth would be built. So, you know, we want to tread carefully on everything with cash because there are really smart ways to, you know, sort of advance your, well, so, so as long as I would say is a reserves behind it, right? Yeah, so that right. gives you the freedom to make the right decisions. I think that's my biggest takeaway is when cash is king is when you have the ability to make the like, let's just say you did you leveraged on the company, right? Because you say, okay, I'm going to borrow $100,000. But this is going to allow me to make $100,000 more a year. Like, that's not bad debt to me. But if you said, okay, the payments on this thing is gonna be $1,500. I've got six months of that put aside now so that I can make the right decisions. And it comes down to kind of what you talked about in your business before you're turning business away. That's not the right type of business. That leverage of being able to make the right decisions in business, whether they're a little more painful economically at the time, because you're not trying to make payroll tomorrow is, is, is where good decision and good business people come from. Yes, in my mind. I, and in family I, and family as well. Right. I think that's right. You don't, you should not put yourself in a position where you're a slave to the decisions that you've made. You want to just put yourself in a position where I can make smart choices, you know, going forward. And, and you're absolutely right. Like certainly do not take on debt that you can't service, you know, now, not, not based on the, well, when I spend this money, I'll get more business or whatever later, because if that doesn't happen, then you're, you're screwed. But if you have saved a year of debt service and you say, Hey, I think if I make the strategic investment, you know, but give yourself the, the way out. Yeah, I think that it's the optionality that is provided that is really the powerful part. That's where the strength is. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Listen, Ledge, I appreciate you very much coming on Money Talkers with me. Uh, listen, if you're listening to this and you want to find out uh, more about what they're doing, um, if you're in a services business, especially, um, head to add10.co, which is ADD number one, uh, zero.co. Uh, you can check out what they're doing. They also have groups. Uh, they can push you to the right right places if you're looking at doing B2B um, services. And uh, with that said, this is the time now. Take your headphones off. Take your earbuds out. Go have that money talk. Just go. You don't have to be a financial guru. You don't have to have you know everything figured out for you to go have an impression and make a positive impact on your kids. Even just op asking open-ended questions or asking, letting them ask open-ended questions. And if you don't know answers, you can go look them up together. That's the beauty of it. That's the whole part about being a money talker. And so with that, man, thank you so much for coming on Money Talkers with me. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers. 
for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.